<laughs> what can I get you? Hey, Santa, a pony and an iPhone for my mom. She really wants one. That's a lot. Look, at Metro, they'll give you an iPhone success just for switching. Charlie Jingle Bells. I should switch to Metro. It's smart. You should. Get this unbelievable deal under your tree. Switch and get an iPhone 6S on us. Hurry, because deals this good don't last long. Metro by T-Mobile. Plus sales tax and activation fee. Not valid for current T-Mobile network numbers or numbers active on Metro in past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. Jess Messen Broadcast is hosted by Jess Bowl, a visual artist from Baltimore, Maryland. Jess invites those who've inspired her to recount their tales of becoming professional artists and creators. Through sharing memories and stories, Jess and her guests relive experiences, discuss new projects, and foster new ideas, all while making sense of this crazy pop culture world we live in. Tune in weekly for a variety of guests ranging from musicians, designers, artists, and entrepreneurs who are actively creating the world around us. And now, it's time for Jess Messen Broadcast with Jess Full. Hey everybody, this is Jess Full coming to you live on Lions Radio Network. I am in my art studio here in Baltimore, Maryland, and today is a really cool day for me because I have a very special guest. Dave Drywitz is with us from Ween and Jay Red and countless other amazing groups. Here's some background information on Dave. Dave was born in New York to a traditional jazz musician, musician parents, Richard and Barbara. His father plays trombone and his mother plays tuba. In 1983, at the age of 17, Dave joined the Hoboken, New Jersey-based psych rock band Tiny Lights, his first professional band out of high school. In 1986, while attending Rutgers in New Brunswick, he met fellow schoolmate and drummer Scott Byrne, and through their love of similar music, they started the rock band Instant Death in 1991. Instant Death Death dissolved with the passing of Byrne in 2005. In 97, Dave joined Ween, and I can't wait to hear how this went down. Dave also performs with the Marco Benevento Trio, Joe Russo's Almost Dead, the Dean Ween Group, and the Led Zeppelin instrumental tribute band, Bustle in Your Hedgerow. Uh, he occasionally plays with Chris Harford and the Band of Changes, which is such a fun group if you guys ever can find that compilation playing near you. Old Rugged Sauce, as well as his own drum and bass duo, Crescent Moon, which features Dave on bass and vocals alongside various guest drummers. Crescent Moon drummers have included Claude Coleman of Ween, Tomato from Sound of Urchin, Eric Slick of Dr. Dog, and Joe Russo of Further. So super great day. I'm so excited for this. Dave, how are you? I'm good, Jess. How you doing? I'm great. So we're going to get into a couple little stories here because I'm curious. Obviously, you know, according to your bio, you were born into a musical family. So tell us what growing up like that was like. And, you know, kind of for you, I'm assuming that music was kind of the MO since day one. Yeah, that's kind of true. Um my parents played music, and they still do to this day, but they played music in, mostly in, around, in and around New York City. So growing up, my brother and I were just 
they're just like little uh, little roadies brought to to their gigs and um we learned some we learned some songs that we would occasionally sing with the band so uh so my brother and I would sit had little we had our little songs that we would sing and the guys would ask us what key we were singing in and um and that was kind of the first things we started doing yeah. okay so when you're growing up in this environment at like what point or at what age do you have a, a memory in particular that you can recall that you're like, okay, this is ultimately what I'm focusing on? Like, do you have like a moment or a gig when you're adolescent well, that you're like, young, you fell in love? Well, the very young, you know, when I, when I was singing with my parents' bands, I, I decided that I wanted to become a jazz singer. That was my, uh, because that was what we couldn't tell the grandparents who were who were uh, wanted to hear that we that my brother and I wanted to become doctors and, and dentists and stuff like that, but um, and that didn't happen either. But but um, I, I guess later on when I, I started playing the bass when I was about twelve, my mom had a bass in the house, and then I started playing that and um, and just played that all through high school and, and, and middle school. And, and when I had to go to college, I knew I wanted to go for music, but although I wasn't sure that I wanted to make that my lifelong career, but it just, uh, it just happened that way. At some point yeah, I, was, I, I got immersed. In, I was going to ask you about that because when you, when you grow up in an environment like that, I would assume that, you know, it would be like, yeah, this is it. But I was wondering if, you know, there was ever another thing that you were interested in, you know, equally to music that you may have gravitated um, towards. Well, the, delivering fresh vegetables, that was my other, my other uh, career. So, um, no, no, oh, my God, really, all the know, jobs we've had. I, uh, yeah, yeah. There's been many. Uh, rooftop <laughs> gardening in New York City, which was pretty great. But yeah, that's but, amazing. Um, but oh, they, these kind of jobs all go with the music, you know. So you can they can keep you keep you eating and paying rent while you're trying to work on your your art, of course. Or, you, you know your thing. So um, I mean, if if it it's it's fun to crazy worked out for me, but I'd probably if if uh, if I didn't have it full time, I would it would definitely be. The, uh, the the rest of my time spent after work probably. You know, totally. Music. So tell us about um, you know getting together with Scott and you know creating Instant Death in, at Rutgers and how that really was kind of the culmination of some um, you know weirdo ideas and that you found someone that complemented that with you. Well, um, Instant Death started off. There were a few things that sparked instant death. One of them was the fact that Scott had just bought a Sony tape recorder and wanted to wanted to record some stuff with it and just start uh, using this this piece of equipment. The other thing was that Scott and I, being a bass and a drummer, we were always looking to a, to to start a band with a third or fourth or four people who had original music, and that didn't seem to happen for us. So we just uh, decided we could 
do do this band uh, without without you know guitar or or anything. Yeah, like drum and, and bass. Just try it with bass and drums. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which I mean, I think is a really, really cool concept for a band. Whenever I just see something, I think it's a really, really intimate structure for music because I'm pretty much drawn to that element. I mean, like everyone loves like a really fun guitar and some great keys, but I always like see my, find myself going back to like the bass beat and to dial that back to just a duo, I think is so impressive because your room for error is very small. When you do something like that, that's true. But at the same time, there's almost no errors because there's nothing to to clash with. So there's no wrong notes, and there's no uh, <laughs> there's no. Oh, so it's just a matter of execution, I guess. Oh, cool! So it can be like really experimental, like beyond just like. All right, that's really neat to know. All right, could, cool. Well, it could it it could it could get experimental because there was nothing. You know, there, there, it was just it was just down to the two of us, and then uh, a random synthesizer going at times. So that that anything could happen, any possibility could happen, and it, and that didn't necessarily end up being wrong or a crash. It just ended up being part of part of the whole thing. Yeah, like totally creative. So. Yeah. This is going on in New Jersey. I mean, the amount of talent that comes out of New Jersey, it's like every time I turn around, I feel like someone's like, oh, I'm from New Jersey or I live in New Jersey. Um, is this, you know, you join, you leave Rutgers, you're doing instant death, and in 97, you get up with Ween. So Ween, the guys from Ween are from the area around New Hope, Pennsylvania, not too far right. away. So not are you guys... Yeah, are you guys all just like, you know, tooling around the New Jersey tri-state area and running into each other? How does this kind of well, um actually it, it all from it all it all started really meeting Ween through Chris Harford and I'd been playing with Chris since that 1990 I think I first played with him and then met the Ween guys in 91. We all we had a little band. I had a band with um with my buddy Greg DiGiuzzi from the Wooden Soldiers, and this band, and Chris Harford, and um, and the drummer from the Wooden Soldiers, Matt Gusta, and this band was called Greenlit Muscles, <clears throat> and um, we, we we rehearsed in Chris's basement, which is also um, Chris shared a house with the producer Andrew Weiss, who was also working on on the Ween records, the first Ween records. So we had heard the Ween records, but hadn't met them, or maybe I met them at a at a Henry Rollins band show in Maxwell's in Hoboken. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we had a rehearsal for this Green Lip Muscles band, and uh, we got there, and 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 Mickey and Aaron, Dean Dean Lean and Gene Lean were at the at the house, and we started all jamming together. And then it got to a point where we we had to stop jamming. We had, we told those guys we said we have a gig on Saturday in New Brunswick at the Court Tavern. Um, if you guys can make the gig. It'd be great. We'll we'll just figure out a set and play it now. But if you can't, we got to work on on putting our set together, and uh, we have to you know stop just randomly jamming. Yeah. And they looked at each other and they said, uh, "We're both free Saturday." So we put together this great little gig and played. I think we opened with "Shattered" by the Rolling Stones, and we actually played some early Ween songs that hadn't come out on records yet. I played 
albino sunburn girl, and we played the <laughs> stallion part three, and maybe something else. Maybe we played the riff. So we played a bunch of two, a bunch of Ween songs, and um, it was just awesome and great. Remained friends with those guys. They uh, they became fans of Instant Death and took us on tour. Um, on their chocolate and cheese tour. So Instant Death got to play some great concerts. We played at Tramps in New York and opened for them at the Mercury Lounge and did a whole bunch of gigs around the country. We probably did about 15 or so concerts with the opening for Ween, which was huge for us because they were playing to a thousand or more people every night. And that was a real thrill. Their audience was great to us. Yeah, I mean, so I would I would find like, you know, you and you describing instant death and from what I've heard, like I totally understand the crossover. And for those who don't know, Chris Harford, who is a musician and also a visual artist, mixed media is amazing at what he does. He does all this great stuff with like collaging of stamps and painting on repurposed woods and some really really like insightful in-depth um you know, kind of really emotional painting. So, I mean, I, I relate to his work in that regard and totally get his music. So understanding how this all comes together makes a lot of sense to me. And one of the things that, like, I really, 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 and I talk about it openly, I'm, like, not even embarrassed. Like, my love for Ween goes beyond any boundaries. Like, this, I remember when I saw my first Ween record and I saw the Bugnish and it was a visual thing for me, like that logo lit up my life that I couldn't wait to tear into this music. Cause I was like, any people who are representing themselves with this, they're my, and you know, ever like since that moment, I have just been, you know, all in on all things Ween and, you know, it's been like, you know, 15, 16 years now that I've been listening to Ween. And, you know, one thing that I really, really, really relate to as far as the music is concerned is it crosses over so many genres of music, of what we classify like different categories of music. And it also is so exploratory and whimsical. And, you know, it's in a sense, it really keeps me on my toes. So that's what drew me to Ween and to hear that like your first experience, even just like, you know, playing with them and jamming was kind of really fu- sounds like that's kind of how it was. Yeah, it, it was great. It was very natural. Like as soon as we started jamming, it felt like we had known them for years and we started picking out songs that we all knew and just, just having a really good time. It's very natural. There's no, it was very organic and, and, and fun, just like getting together with a bunch of guys in the basement rocking out. That's what it was. And, um, yeah. So in, was so in 97, you officially join. And then I recently, you know, my connection to Buffalo is pretty, pretty thick. I mean, I started my music career there. My first show in the first band that, you know, I ever ended up on tour with, I thought Town Ballroom. So it's just always fun for me to connect with musicians and hear that, you know, in a sense, Buffalo is part of their career, too. And I just recently had the pleasure of seeing Ween at Art Park in Buffalo when I was on my last work trip. And they said that Buffalo was your first gig with Ween. Yeah. Um, well, the first thing I did with Ween, we, we, did a, we played one song on a TV show. 
I got called by Mickey on a Tuesday, and um, he said he said we just finished their record, and and um, and would I would I be into doing some playing with them? And I was of course waiting for him to call me and ask me. <laughs> like, and no then problem, he said dude. he asked me if I was free for sat on Saturday to play on. It was a show called Viva Variety, um, and it was on Comedy Central. So we did that show. And then, and then, kind of like, I was waiting around. I thought, "Am I? Did I just do the TV show? Am I in the band?" I didn't really know what was up. And then the manager called me and and said they had put together a couple of shows. One was in Buff. The first one was in Buffalo, and the second one was in Rochester, at the um, at Water City Music Hall, which is still going strong, I think. But the the first concert was it was it the at UC Buffalo. It was in like like a multi-purpose college room, and it was it, there were four bands there. The only other band I remember was the the reggae artist Supercat. He played right after us. He was on the bill, so um, it was it wasn't a long it wasn't like a long concert. We probably played for an hour, or maybe maybe an hour and a half, and um, the first. We got on stage and uh, and I looked up and a burrito land came flying head o- end over end and landed right <laughs> on my uh, on my two pedals just covered it with and we played Freedom of '76 I think was the first song then we played a song called The Golden Eel and I broke a string so that's how <laughs> that's how my first. Uh, how the first Queen concert went for me in Buffalo. It was <laughs> I feel like between the burrito and the broken string, I mean, I can only imagine, like, to the degree, like, that would just, that just sounds like a lot of fun to me. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, I, this is also talking about a time when you were speaking of, you know, doing the TV show on Comedy Central when, you know, Ween had things going on, like Push Little Daisies, and you, they were doing, you know, SNL cameos, and they were doing MTV stuff. And yeah, they, how... they never did SNL, but yeah, there was a lot of MTV stuff. Didn't they do something they with on... Pat with the movie? Oh yeah, they did. Right, they 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 were a big part of it's Pat the movie. It's Pat. Yes. yes. Yeah. But and that's true. It's funny that they never got to Saturday Night Live, but yeah. they 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 did that movie. They had they had a huge part in the movie actually, and it's. Uh, yeah, something should be done about that. If anyone's listening to this, yeah. and we can get Ween on SNL. I mean, season's happening, and I think it's <laughs> like more than appropriate at this point. Um, okay, so that I just I'm like loving this. All right, so now here we are. We're we're you know in in Ween. We're having a great time, and coming up under you guys is a whole new collection of musicians. And the one thing for people who don't know, and I mean, I, I don't know how many people get to extremely lucky, but there seems to be like a passing of the torch um, with like the generations of bands that have come out of like New Jersey, New York area. And it was you guys and Ween, and then up behind you came Joe Russo, Scott Metzger, Tom Hamilton, you know, Eric Slick, Nick Bockrath, like all those guys. I feel like those were, that was my class, and that's how mm-hmm. I got to know you. So right. 
tell me about, you know, you guys have done a lot of experimental stuff as far as you did the instrumental bustle in your hedgerow, which mm-hmm. is the Led Zeppelin tribute, tribute yes. which was a big hit, like through Brooklyn Bowl and stuff. And was right. that really like the first, I know, I believe Jake Sofnarowski put that together for his birthday party, right? Yeah, and then, it, and then it totally blew up. Like everyone well, wanted. Um, I knew Scott from playing. He played in Rana, and it seemed like um, there was some maybe some Ween and Rana shows. But again, co- goes back to Chris Harford. I Scott, Scott had been playing with Chris, so I knew Scott from that, and. Um, so, so Scott had mentioned I had moved up to the to New York area after living in New Hope area. I moved up, and he he had said he was he was playing a lot of shows. Sometimes with a, a duo with a drummer, and they were improv shows. And would I be interested? And I said, yeah, but none of those, none of, nothing like that ever worked out. Um, and then I was fast forward to I, I was playing at the. Uh, the Jazz Fest in New Orleans with Ween. I I think we were maybe playing, it was a double bill with us and Medesky, Martin, and Wood. And Joe came to one of the shows, came backstage, and I'd been, it's funny, I'd just been reading and hearing about the Benevento Russo duo, and um, I'd run into Scott, and he told me that he was played with those guys, and they had a little Zeppelin thing going. So um, when I met Je- Joe at Jazz Fest, Zeppelin is, is the reason I played music. Uh, I mean, the Beatles made me love music, and Zeppelin got me playing playing rock. And um, so I know, I've, I learned how to play bass, learning all the Led Zeppelin music. So I know it all. I know I know how it goes. Yeah, so what a when cool full circle to, moment, like, to yeah, be able to, like, so, perform so that. Talking, I know, I never, I didn't know anything. I just read stuff about Mark, Marco, and Joe. I didn't know anything. You know, they, it, it was they were hot. They were they were they were like they were things being written about them everywhere. So uh, yeah, the era so, of Benevento so Russo duo was a big deal. Like when that yeah. that got really really popular, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it was it was just it was like this media thing. I kept everywhere I turned, I kept reading about them. New York Times and just just it was they were around. So um, so when Joe and I were talking at the, the end of our conversation, I said, I said, oh, I, I'm aware of your Led Zeppelin band, and I know you don't have a bass player, so if you ever want a real bass player, you know, I know all that stuff. I'm and, aware of uh, your band, and I'm aware that there isn't a bassist, so what's up? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love that. that. You know, a lot of Led Zeppelin stuff was played on keyboards, the bass parts, because the bass player also played keyboards, so... When he didn't play, when he played keyboards, he played it on the bass, and that's what Marco was doing with the left hand, which is great, you know. So yeah. I, I thought that was super cool. A lot of organ trios back in the jazz days didn't have bass; they had the organ player would play the bass parts on the left hand, and it sometimes sounds sounds incredible. You know, it's a great right. thing. Anyway, so, they they uh, so then. You know, eventually, I guess Joe went back and said, "Hey, the guy from Ween wants to play bass with us." So, uh, <laughs> and that's pretty much how we how Bustle started. I mean, Bustle was already happening with those guys, and it was put together. Jake 
Jake put the band together for a, I guess it was a boat show for his birthday, and um, and asked them to start doing that music. So, oh, those so boat shows are a good time. Years. Yeah, they sure were. Um, <laughs> two, I guess two years in, I joined up. Maybe a year. I'm not really sure. I think it was '04 when I started playing doing Buster uh, with those guys. Right, because '04, like I remember. Yeah, I remember coming out to see you guys. I graduated in 06, so, like, I was two years behind this. You were already part of it. And I remember getting into Southpaw to see you guys, and I had just, like, moved to New York. The show was sold out, and I was, like, over oh, the yeah. moon about about this bustle show. And, you know, it's just so cool to see, you know, all these years later, you know, so much has transpired in the in-between. You know, Joe goes off, and he plays with Further, and then, you know, the thing that I always find so impressive about the crew from New York is that in a way that you guys have, you know, rotated and, you know, reinvented yourselves and you keep trying new music and new art together and, you know, kind of exploring new music, which keeps, you know, the artistry of like this whole little crew and the style of this crew alive and now you're doing it with j-rad with joe russo's almost dead which is touring all over the country and selling out huge venues i mean it's insane and i saw you guys um i think it was two summers ago you were here at i believe hot august blues festival and you know it was my first time really seeing the band do the Grateful Dead thing, and I'm not the I'm not the best Grateful Dead fan, but I really appreciate Dead, and it was really cool for me to hear your sound, you know, mm-hmm. like in in the Grateful Dead's music. So how does that kind of come to be when you guys get together? Do you? Obviously, everyone's familiar with the music, but how do you kind of like shuck and jive to find your own unique sound within something so established? I guess it's just the influence of a bunch of guys who are who have their background more based in in Zeppelin than the Dead, and uh, and then <laughs> just doing what we do with that music, and that's it. There isn't. There isn't a whole lot of talking or thinking about it. It just happened. You know, it just we just we don't really work on it too much. We just kind of everybody has their own qualities and it just you know, from playing together for many years and uh and you know, I I I played in Marco's trio for years and years, um, when when Ween had split up. So I had so, you know, we all have enough hours playing together to to get together and just uh just play i think part of it marco joe and i are all from the same county so we drank similar kinds of water (laughs) it's literally it's literally in the water okay well on that note dave this has been so much fun i mean i really want to take this moment and thank you for what you've done for music. It makes me kind of emotional because I have listened to so many of your records and everything over the years, and it has inspired so much of my work. So thank you so much for being part of this project and taking the time. I appreciate it more than you know. 
The few so, are so welcome. Thank you for asking me. I'm honored to to be asked to do to 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 have this chat, and uh, I right. appreciate you appreciating. <laughs> I know. I just think it's a lot of fun, and you know, I just wish you the best of luck, and I'll see you, you know, along the way somewhere. And for you know. Everyone here at Lions Radio Network, you've been listening to Jess Messon Broadcast. We were on live today with Dave Drywitz of Ween and J-Rod. And if you missed us live, you can always check us out archived on iHeartRadio. So from all of us here, thank you for tuning in. And we will catch you guys next week at noon. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Thanks, Jess. Bye-bye.